These people don't give shit. <laughs> Welcome to College Football Extravaganza. We're here to bring you all the college football news. COVID season, college football season, all seasons, it doesn't matter. Davis, I like your shirt. We got a new guest joining us. Number one. You might recognize him from The Bachelor Bros on the Higher Frequency Podcast Network also. AK's here with us. He's our new Big Ten correspondent. Uh, no, cut it off. I feel like oh, Nick wow. can't. I feel like Nick Cannon when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wilding out. We out. Oh no, All we right. lost our big fan correspondent. Uh, that's okay. They're not playing anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I mean, we're not gonna start with that. We'll start with the SEC schedule because I, I want to mainly talk about the Big Ten on this uh, on this episode. Because that's that's where all the news is coming out right now. I feel like that's where all the pressure is on. So SEC schedule came out. Um, we're probably a little late to react to this because everyone else already reacted, but we got to react to it, you know. So that's that's our job. So uh, we'll go down the line here. Has uh, have any of you guys developed an opinion on any SEC schools? Like who has the toughest schedule? Who has a cupcake schedule? Um, well, I See, think right yeah. off. Well, right off the bat, I know they were mentioning how Mississippi State has a tough mm-hmm. schedule considering it's Mike Leake's first year with the program. And if you take a look at their schedule, they have LSU to get everything started. Then they'll have a cupcake against uh, Arkansas and maybe Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky has Terry Wilson back. So uh, I'm, I, I, I'm holding out some hope with Kentucky. I'm hoping they can do something. But then they're going to follow that up with Texas A&M, which I'm, I, I'm also – now, I'm not really holding out hope against Texas A&M. It's more they're supposed to play well, but the last couple of years they were supposed to play well, and they didn't really. So I'm holding out something against them. But then you have Alabama, a cupcake against Vanderbilt, Auburn, Georgia, Ole Miss, Mizzou. I think all four of those games are pretty tough games for Mike Leach right now. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, they're saying that they have the toughest schedule right now, just considering that he's in his first year with his new team. So uh, I'm looking at them right now, but I'm also like still fairly fresh to the schedule. Okay. So worst case scenario um, and best case scenario for Mississippi state here, because the worst case scenario, I could really see them winning one of these games. Maybe two, like maybe two, like they'll probably beat Missouri. I could see them beating Missouri. I could see them beating Arkansas. But I we are I don't really know how Arkansas is going to do. They got a new coach. They got Felipe Franks at quarterback. They got a whole bunch of new mm-hmm. people. So maybe winning two of those games for Mississippi State. But I want to have faith in Mike Leach in the SEC. Like we this podcast has historically been a huge fan of Mike Leach. So yeah, we got we got to we got to have those sound bites. Yeah, I think Mississippi State definitely got the hardest schedule. Um, I don't have it in front of me for what I remember. A&M is a pretty tough schedule. And after looking at it, you know, last podcast where we were just talking about who we thought 
had a shot at the playoff, I picked A&M to come out of the West in the SEC, and it'd be a, between them and Georgia for the title. But I don't really think that's going to happen anymore. Um, you know, we said last time people could get screwed. Mississippi State definitely got screwed. I think A&M is going to have a tough time too. But nothing else really stood out for me besides a you know, pretty normal schedule for the rest of the people. You think it's pretty normal? <laughs> I mean – I think I think Missouri got a got just I mean there's no way they could have Where were they going to be anyway though? Yeah. See, this is not this does not show the full schedule. I'll have to find the full schedule. Yeah, I think Missouri probably got got it the worst if anything or out of Yeah, yeah. when I was looking at it. I wasn't looking at the teams like Missouri though. And and to be fair, I wasn't really looking at Mississippi State either even though I do think they had the hardest one. I'm looking at the the upper half of the conference and who they're playing and which one is ones of the other did they draw. So I got I you. Know. So, so let's look at, Oh, go ahead, Davis. Well, let's say you did mention Missouri. I think it, yeah, they have a pretty tough schedule to get started because four of their five first games, I think are re- pretty respectable opponents. Of course, Alabama, no matter who they have at quarterback, they're going to be a really good team. They're going to have the best defense. I think Tennessee really is a team to keep an eye on. I, I, look, I don't think they're going to win the SEC East by any means, but I do think they're going to be a team that's going to compete and play hard. LSU, I think no matter what, they're going to compete hard. Miles Brennan, I'm actually kind of excited to see what he'll do now that he finally has an opportunity to play quarterback. Vanderbilt, they're going to walk all over him. And then Florida. Florida is supposed to, supposed to be one of the top teams. They're supposed to compete in the East. They're supposed to – uh, hopefully win the East. It's basically against them and Georgia. So it's a toss up between those two. And then from there, yeah, they have Georgia, but the rest of the schedule should be a, 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 at least a competition. I, I think that, yeah, they do have a, they have a, they have a really tough start to their schedule. Once they get past Georgia, they have an opportunity to win out from there. Yeah. I could see um, Missouri maybe winning. Maybe winning three to four games here. Honestly, yeah, with that schedule, they're probably they're not. Oh, wait, how did they say how bowl games are going to work? They're not even doing bowl games, right? Well, they're I, definitely doing the playoff. Is what I the playoff actually released a schedule. If it, it wasn't today, it was yesterday. Um, but it's not no bowl game is canceled yet. I if I had to make a guess right here, I'd say that it's going to be an abbreviated schedule by far, like easily. Um, but when I was looking at when I was looking at the SEC schedule, I was looking at. You know, the three biggest teams in the conference in the last couple of years, it's Alabama, it's LSU, and it's Georgia. And all three of those teams are going to have a new quarterback this year. Um, and I think that uh, that's interesting to think about because, uh, like, I don't think Alabama – if Mac Jones is Alabama's quarterback, I don't really have faith in Mac Jones. I wouldn't have faith in that team. I think – we talked about it last time. I think Georgia's got a real shot, especially with the two quarterbacks they've coming in. And LSU is a wild card. There's no telling what's going to happen with that kid. I'm glad we get to see Georgia and Alabama face off this year. And, uh, you know, that just happened to be already in, in the stars. But uh, I think Georgia has what it takes to beat them. And I'm curious to see if JT Daniels is going to get that uh, waiver cleared. I don't know if he already has it cleared or not. But uh, it's either going to be him or Jamie Newman. And and I think maybe we'll, we'll see a little bit of both of them. But I like, I like that game. A lot. I like Georgia's defense. Uh if they go to the national championship, that'll be wise is their defense. But again, um, LSU, I, 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 we have to talk about LSU just because they're the, they're the defending national champions. 
I see. I, I think I agree with you, Joey. I think, or no, what, what we're saying, I, I agree with you, Davis. Miles My, Brennan, we, we don't know a lot about him, but we know he can sling the damn ball. So yeah, He was a highly recruited guy coming out of college. And, you know, when you get, a, you, you have a guy like Joe Burrow come through who ends up having the season that he has, it's understandable that he sits, but he's been waiting. He's been wanting this opportunity. He has a great head coach and he has a lot of weapons to throw to. So I think that Miles Brennan, not going to be Joe Burrow. I think it's hard to be the next Joe Burrow, but it's going to be – he has the opportunity to have a good season given that he has the weapons. I agree. Yeah, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens there. Uh, Florida, we all know the biggest game on this – go ahead. I don't know how much I can put in now. <laughs> the mic's a little – I don't know how much faith I can put into LSU, like giving how much roster turnover they had over one year. Yeah, how how many players left? Like, like twenty two or something like that. Well, they still. Oh my God, um, their top receiver from last year. They still have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is uh, yeah, going to be there still. He'll still be there. So they've got they got him, and we'll see if they reload or not. But that's I, I'm with you also, AK. I think. It you know it's a little too early to tell on LSU, um, being that they like seeing if they reloaded or not. Um, Florida, <laughs> obviously everyone's looking at that Georgia game and the uh, the Arkansas game is kind of cool because Felipe Franks gets to come back to the swamp and get his ass chomped on, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> what worries me is Texas A and M, um, and then Tennessee at the end of the schedule because that's uh, you know historically that's an early season game and normally I think Florida has their shit together more so early on in the season than Tennessee usually does and then Tennessee gets better throughout the season and I think the last time Florida played Tennessee in December was in 2001 and they snubbed us out of a chance of going to the national championship and it hurts me to this day still so I, I I'm worried about Tennessee they're going to be lingering there the, the entire season for me and that's going to be a big big uh season ender let's see other huge yeah, games Go ahead. I was gonna say one thing on Tennessee at the beginning of the season last year I thought they were they were completely awful there's no I thought Jeremy Pruitt I, I I thought his time was gonna be limited there but he really improved that team to the second half of the season so you're probably right Robert you get to the end of year two and they might be difficult it might be difficult, so worried about that. And then, and then there's so much uncertainty with players. You know, might not. You know, uh, someone gets COVID, and they might not play. They might not play one game, or a whole team might have to sit out. You never know. So, we'll see. I I think that's it for the SEC schedule. There's there's big games all over. I I think that's the final thing we can say about this is I think fans might get a little spoiled if if this season goes, you know, smoothly because we're seeing all the SEC schools play all the SEC schools. And, and we're like, hey, uh, we don't want to see cupcakes anymore. We want to watch this, this high-powered high action. Uh, hey, Oscar, we're in Alabama's scheduling uh, tactics, so. Uh, I really quick want to just mention Lane Kiffin real quick, getting to open up his season against the Florida Gators. This is going to be a fun one. Considering the last time he played Florida as a head coach was when he was the head coach of the University of Tennessee – and I'm not going to say he got his ass kicked, but definitely Tim Tebow walked all over his ass after he entered his season saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go into Gainesville playing Rocky Top all night long. So mm -hmm. fuck you, Lane Kiffin. You're about to get your <laughs> ass kicked again. 
Thank you, Davis, for that. I, I always enjoy a little bit of shit talk against Lane Kiffin because he dishes it out too. I like Lane Kiffin as a head coach, like as a head coach, just because of of his attitude, I guess. And he looks like Daniel Tosh, obviously. I like Lane Kiffin from oh, yeah. the drunken interaction I had a, oh, with him in a hotel one time. So. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, had a, I, I had a drunken interaction with Lane Kiffin in a hotel one time where I had to bring him towels. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty hilarious. Well, anyway. tell us the story. This is why we have a podcast. All right. Well, I mean, I got a call. I didn't even know he was staying with us. Is the funniest part. I guess he was recruiting for Alabama, and I get and I get up there and I'm bringing towels to the room and opens the door. It's fucking Lane Kiffin sitting right there, and he he was just so drunk you could see the whites in his eyes, kind of thing. <laughs> he closed the door, and I get here from the other side. Yeah. I told you I could do stuff. I got the towels. <laughs> Talking to some girl who was bitching at her. Oh. <laughs> it was maybe the funniest thing I've ever experienced. Oh. And it'd be 20 bucks, so whatever. That's cool. Like, dude, hey, you know what, though? It's like, hey, I saw, I saw the contract you signed. That's all you're going to give me is $20? <laughs> kind of, yeah, right? <laughs> Let's see. No, joining more, me up here now. Go ahead. One more thing about the um, – uh, SEC, uh, we need to remember that Bo Nix is playing in that conference, and he was awesome last year as a true freshman. He's got a new quarterback coach this year, but uh, he has a chance to be one of the best players in the conference. So that's you all know, I got. I'm glad you said that, Joey. Uh, Auburn is being slept on. They really are. And uh, Alabama better watch out. LSU better watch out. Georgia better watch out. Okay, I'm going to take this. Yeah, I'm going to take the virtual screen off. Yeah, it's trippy when now there's two people trying to battle this background. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay. I like the virtual background, though, you know, just, you know, by yourself. But it does, like, like you said, little, little glitchy, glitchy trippy. All right. That was a good story about Lane Kiffin. I like that. Uh, you got an echo on your end, Robert. What? I got an echo now? Lane, let's see. I'm fucking it all up. That's okay. <laughs> Hang on. Let me. We're gonna pause and come right back. Yeah, and if I end up echoing, I have uh, headphones to put on. My phone was just dying, so I didn't put them in. I think you sound fine to me. Yeah, we're good. Cool. You can still hear. Mm-hmm. All right, great. We're back. Um, I. I no, yeah, it's still going. It's going. Ooh. I think. Um, we didn't hit Texas A&M, but uh, we hit a little bit with you, Joey. Uh, I think we got to watch out for Texas A&M and Kellen Mond. They have a tough schedule as well with Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn to close. So, you know, we got to watch out for them as well. I think the SEC is, like I said in the last episode, they might cannibalize themselves. And uh, I heard someone saying that, Whoever's in the SEC, no matter if they got a one loss or two loss, they'll probably make it in the playoff. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Probably because, two, you know, two major conferences aren't playing now. So I've changed my mind a little bit on that. But I still mm-hmm. think that it's going to be hard for one team to get out of this schedule without uh, losing a game. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to make it now just because with the Big Ten impact, twelve not playing. It's. I think this is going to be like the easiest year in the world for the playoff committee. You're going to take the three conference champions and uh, throw on a wild card. It'd be cool to see a UCF for somebody get in, but there's no talent at this point. UCF could sneak in this year. Mm-hmm. Whoever the non-conference team is. 
Yeah. If there's no clear fourth team, I agree with you, yeah. If there's no clear fourth team. But you're, you're still going to need some undefeated team. Like, no non-Power 5 team with one loss is going to make it. Yeah. All righty. The AP schedule came – or the AP uh, preseason top 25 poll came out. Uh, Clemson on top of the rankings, followed by Ohio State, Alabama, and then Georgia. So, we, if we had a playoff today, you know, that would be – teams, what do we think about this right here? So, this is, this is honestly – I, I want to sit here and say it's hilarious, but I really don't know if it's hilarious. I'm more confused because uh, eventually some conferences, not all, are going to play, and three top ten teams are ranked right now that aren't supposed to play a college football season. And so, these teams basically are just going to sit there and either get kicked out of the top 25 eventually or they're going to – hang out and just chill and knowing that they're not going to play any games while other teams are going to play. I'm confused why they're even ranked if they're, they're not going to even play, period. But then also brings up another question. I heard this earlier listening to uh, – I was actually listening to the Mike Greenberg show on ESPN. All right, so Ohio State, a team that typically is really good. You know, you have a guy like Justin Fields and other talents that are around him. That team's going to be undefeated by the end of the season. Do you put them in the playoff? It's baffling to me that you would actually put teams that aren't going to play this year – in a ranking period anywhere in the top 25 and it's not i just listed off three teams like ohio state uh uh, oregon penn state they're in the top 10 but then you have other teams like wisconsin uh, michigan uh minnesota uh uh usc teams uh yeah usc these are teams that are in the top 25 and they're not fucking playing dude like what are we doing yeah i mean i think they it's one of two things are gonna happen either uh, after the first week of everyone playing, they're, they're, all those teams are going to be out and no one's going to vote for them. Or maybe the AP setting up to where they're going to do what they did back in the old time and they're going to crown their own champion if, say, the, um, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 play a spring season, which I said before and we can talk about when we talk about the Big Ten. That, that's what I was thinking. I don't think I, a spring season is going to happen. But, yeah I, yeah, I think that the AP might be planning to crown their own champion. They're setting it up. Uh, it's going to be – isn't that weird, though? Like, imagine having a fall season and a spring season with two Power 5 teams going to – first off, do you really think Justin Fields is going to play in the spring when he could no. just opt for the NFL instead? I mean, he sat out a year of football, therefore being eligible for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just go to the NFL? So it's I think the spring it football yeah. concept is kind of dumb to me. I get why some teams would want to do it, like non-power fives, like division twos. I mm. get why they'd want to do it because it's probably important for their players. It's like their last opportunity to play. But for the power five players that actually have an opportunity to go to the NFL, like Justin Fields, there's no reason why he should play in the spring. I, I think, agree uh, completely. I think I saw on D2, uh, North Dakota State is playing a, a lone game just so their can, quarterback can get some exposure. Yeah, well, that kid's got he's going to be a first-round pick this year. But, uh, I mean, FSU's playing Jacksonville State, who's playing a five-game schedule this year. But, yeah, I don't believe that um, – I mean, the, the spring football doesn't – I just don't see it's, that it's going to happen because you're going to do this for player safety, and that's what everyone's saying. And then you're going to have these kids play – what, 25 games in 12 months? Would Really, I mean, if they start on January 1st, that'd be one thing. But still, I mean, that's it's not in their best interest. If I, I see best-case scenario 
they play like a three game spring schedule that incorporates into spring football. I don't, I don't see how they can play a full, a full 10 game season then. And then what do you do about the bowl? Are they going to have bowl games in the spring too, or what are they going to do? Yeah, I think, I think the big 10 is going to have to find some answers there really like, because the SEC and the ACC and all the other conferences are already playing and they're going to be playing then too. They're going to be playing in January. And are you going to start your season then? Are, are you going to be like make up your own bowl game? Or are you going to have your own playoffs? Yeah. Is it going to even really mean something to you? I, I get it. If you're a player who doesn't really have a chance at playing in the NFL. So you're playing your last year riding out in style, you know, I get that. I do. But in terms of the overall seriousness of the season, I think you lose credibility. I think that you don't take this nearly as serious because you're not getting the opportunity to play teams that legitimately would be in the playoff with you, like an SEC school, like a Clemson, you know, like possibly an Oklahoma or Texas. Those teams are going to have the opportunity to play in the fall. Those teams are going to have a – national champion and it's just not going to be the same kind of style of football once you get to the spring where you have two power five conferences going at it with each other are they going to have their own kind of playoff no and even if they did who are they going to play is UCF going to actually get a shot at a national title that they're going to try and inevitably claim it looks like that's what's going to happen but for right now it's just kind of silly yeah Yeah, so what make much sense like as a whole the whole uh, playing in the spring, the, the only thing to go after at that point would be a conference championship. Mm-hmm. And that would be, you know, the kind of the, the cream of the crop, if you will. Like, and the people that are going to the NFL, they're not, they're probably not going to opt to play for the season. So it'll be almost just a fun season where we get to watch football in the spring. That's kind of how I picture it happening. As Nick Saban put it, a JV season, which, yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, exactly. No one gives a like, shit about a JV year. But, but, you know, those players are good to like the players like uh, I think Marcus Spears, someone made the point that uh, in the national championship, uh, Saban pulled out Tua, who was what a sophomore freshman then, and he won them the national championship. So was he a JV player? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I mean, what this seems like to we'll me. We'll get to see some young talent. Yeah. And what this seems like to me is just kicking the can down the road. Like we didn't see any. Like they, no one planned really up for upcoming for the season, and then all of a sudden they cancel, and they're like, "Oh, we're just going to play in the spring." And they're, and Ryan Day came out, Ohio State's head coach, and he was saying, "Well, where's the plan? Where's the plan? You're saying we're going to uh, play in the spring. That's why I'm, I'm saying they're just kicking the can down the road. They don't want to deal with it right now. Oh, we'll play in the spring, and then when it gets to the spring, they're like, "Oh, we can't play in the spring." That's what it seems like is going to end up happening. This so. is this is going to be big for recruiting, I think, if they don't if they don't. Well, you saw Ohio State has uh, the number one quarterback commit, and he's foregoing his senior season of high school football to play um, to prepare for Ohio State to play for Ohio State next year. Mm. So, is it a big a deal, or are those Which, people, uh, kids well, up there, not going to play high school football either? Well, uh, I, I could see why he'd want to do it if he's not going to play high school football. Where is he from, Ohio? Or I'm not exactly from? sure. Because I know I know Ohio is going to move forward with playing football, just like here locally, here in uh, Scambia County, Santa Rosa County, they're moving forward with playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, so may, maybe he just maybe he just decided, you know what, I'm not going to deal with the pandemic and 
the sanction, the, the shit that I would have to deal with. So I'm just going to go ahead and forego my last year and go to Ohio State. I mean, I might. Why not go to college? It would also be a really big recruiting pitch to some of the kids coming out of high school because if they can graduate by the end of fall, they can come in for that spring season and get their first year under their belt without even having to be there a whole year. They, they would just come in and play football right away. Yeah, and I didn't know, and I, I was wondering, I, I, I someone heard someone talking about that, what the eligibility rule would be like. And then the NCAA just comes out and said, this year doesn't count for eligibility no matter what, for who, whether you play or not. And I don't know if y'all want to talk about that. That is craziness. You're telling but me a kid's going to play a full season this year, then they're going to have 120 people on scholarship next year? How are you going to pay for that? Oh, so as in, like, if, if a player were to play this year, their eligibility wouldn't count? It, it doesn't count a year against anybody, whether they play in the fall or not. I figured that would be players like Ohio State or other uh, schools that couldn't play because of the pandemic. So you're actually telling me that a guy from Florida or Florida State could play football this year. James Blackman can get, well, can get two more years after this year because his eligibility does not count. Yeah, I could be Florida State watching James Blackman play FSU football in 2022. We're going to have some Van Wilders in a couple of years. Yeah. I know with college baseball, they, there's no scholarship limit this year because all the players who missed the spring season aren't, didn't get a play. And so it's the same thing they're going to do. They're going to have <laughs> – Johnny Lingle just told me. It's the same thing they're going to have to do. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. How are you going to pay for all these kids' scholarships when you're already losing so much money this year? It's, it's craziness. It is. It is bonkers. I agree. Oh, uh, that was the wrong sound bite. <laughs> I was trying to play this one. <laughs> uh, I was trying to play this one. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, but I got to use the soundboard. I got it for a reason. Okay. Uh, it's pretty much James Blackman taking snaps at this issue. So. There you go. Okay, um, so although we've been talking shit about the Big Ten not doing anything, there are some people in the Big Ten who want to do some uh, something about playing football in the fall, namely the parents, a lot of players, and the ADs. Uh, a bunch of parents, about 30 or so from uh, what I heard, went up to the vacated Big Ten headquarters and protested, which is good. you know, Which is all, a good thing. Yep. By all means. So, I mean, parents want their kids to go out there and have an opportunity to play because they want their kids to live out their dreams. But not only that, for some of their parents, this is their future as a family, that their son be able to go out there and have this opportunity to play. Because for, again, a lot of these kids, this is their last chance to make something of themselves if they want to play at the professional level. Again, I think a guy like Joe Burrow was a great example of what one year could mean to you. He was a guy that was either going to be a late round draft pick or not drafted whatsoever. And then he has a phenomenal year, goes number one overall, wins the highest trophy. Of course, that's not typical, but one year really could make a difference, especially if it's a year where you're eligible to be drafted and go professional. So many of these parents want the best for their kids. And yeah, you sit here and say, yeah, I, I'm looking out for the safety of my child, but also my child wants to play. I want my child to play. And this is what we want as parents. And you didn't even give us a chance to be able to speak out and have an opinion on this. You just took it away from us. 
Yeah, we actually have a recording from what the Big Ten just said to all the parents, so I'll play that for you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something like that. <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah, I think, basically. I mean, yeah. I think what they're worried about. I don't know, um, as, a, as an athlete, I would feel robbed of a season by the way the Big Ten has handled the whole situation. From what we found out, all the athletic directors unanimously agreed they want to go forward in the fall. And it's almost like the commissioner just didn't care at all what all the schools were saying. They were just kind of like, eh, piss on it. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out later. They're kicking the can down the road. But I think the biggest problem is they're not even releasing any information on what was discussed during that meeting. Yeah, like it's a no CIA meeting. or something. Yeah, no votes, no nothing, no transcripts. So it, there's really no telling if they even discussed it. Well, yeah, because whoever voted whoever voted yes to canceling the season is going to end up with a pile of shit on their doorstep. Yeah, my understanding is that they're uh, worried about. Well, I mean, the liability, which is understandable with the uh, what the, the pandemic going on, and then there's I don't, I don't know what it's called, but there's uh, some heart issue that they're saying could be related to COVID. People so oh, of a COVID, someone has. COVID, they go and play football, the heart issue could end up uh, affecting them later on in life. But then there's studies that come out that said that's uh, speculation. I, there's nothing behind that. I feel like that right. only came up, too, in regards to just the Big Ten. No mm -hmm. other conference brought up that issue whatsoever. Only the Big Ten brought that mm -hmm. up. And there are doctors who have said that that's not, like I said, just not true. It's speculation. And the Big 12's, the guy, the Big 12's doctor said that. The ACC's doctor said that. And then some guy, I think he's I don't know his name, but I, I was I heard today he's a national writer, and he was like, "Well, they just found doctors that were going to corroborate their story." And it's like, no, they have doctors that they've had on staff for the conferences that are, you know, top in their class. The guy with the ACC is has a degree from Duke. The guy with the Pac-12 is one of the top cardi cardiologists in the country, mm -hmm. and they're all saying that it's fine to play. But you know, they you know they were found on Twitter because they agree with them, right? It's like, I don't want this to be politicized, you know, I want, I want there to be accurate information going each way. And also there's some rumors going around that maybe the Big Ten is kicking the can down the road because they want to figure out how to deal with this whole player compensation issue too. So mm -hmm. it could all just be a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for the liability thing, if you're giving the players the option to opt out, you're doing sign a form. That's freedom of contracts. You, as an individual player, can sign a form saying, "I will not sue the school for mm -hmm. me catching COVID or like and dying like this year. Like if I die because of COVID, because I played football, I can't sue you." But isn't that kind of something they already signed about playing football and getting injured anyway? Yeah, you sign it when you go play high school football. Right. That you don't hold the Pete school, school liable. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but there's always going to be lawyers on the other side and be like, you didn't make a new form for this whole whole <laughs> pandemic, and you knew that players are in huddles, they're in this, they're in that. So yeah, just make a new form, sign that form. It's it'll be it'll be fine, you know. And that gives players the option. I feel like uh, uh, Mark Emmert, president of the NCAA, really needs to step up and say, all right we can't have three power five divisions decide that they're going to play. And then two, the other two are over here saying, no, we need to have some kind of unity on this one. It's either everyone plays or no one plays. And Mark Emmerich 
for what seems like every time there's a controversial issue, he sits on his hands. Like mm-hmm. he's, I think he's sitting on his hands on this one. He really needs to step up and say, okay, no, we need to have a unified front on this one. It's either all of us play or we don't play. We vote on it. And you can sit here and say that we're putting players on in danger or in harm's way. But the reality is it's ridiculous that some really talented players are not going to be able to play during the fall when other players are going to get to. And also it's kind of, it's also ridiculous that they might not even be able to transfer away from that school just so they can have the opportunity to play. They're prison locked where they are. And that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And I think that's one of the reasons why the big 10 is saying that they're going to do a spring season is to prevent their players from doing a mass exodus uh, right before the season starts. But yeah, I mean, this is the NCAA. This is what they do. They don't want to take a stance. They want to, they want to sit back and let everyone else take all the blame. But I mean, this it's, it's also the unique part about college sports is because there's no college football commissioner. There's no college basketball commissioner. The NCAA, they hold championships. That's all they do. And they don't even do that in college football. And that, again, that's why it's so unique. So like you're saying, Davis, if he, if he came out to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and said, hey, you guys need to play, he has no power. He can't make them pay. He can't play. He can't make them do anything. And that's just, you know, part of the ridiculousness that is the NCAA. But and, and luckily, well, and luckily, the, at least in Division One football, they, the NCAA doesn't rule over the playoff because the playoff is its own entity. They do mm-hmm. rule over F- FCS and Division Two, Division Three. They do rule over those championships, which, by the way, we're not going to see those championships at all. Mm-hmm. At least, at least in Division One, we have the opportunity to see a national champion be crowned. Which, by the way, I want to give a shout out to. Oh God, who's the one that said it? I think it was Dabo Sweeney that said it, or it could have been somebody else. Oh no, it was Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier said. I mean, it doesn't really matter. You might as well give it to the SEC or the ACC anyways because one of those Steve. teams are going to go to the championship anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was Steve Spurrier, yeah. So, I, mean, I at least want to give a shout-out to Steve Spurrier. I'm like, look you know what? Smiling. Look at, look at the old ball coach. Steve Spurrier. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know, dude. Steve, Steve Spurrier. Since he left Florida, I went to South Carolina. I'll, I'm kind of a fan of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, also there. Him he's, on also, he's also South Carolina's winningest coach. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he never won in Tallahassee, so. It don't matter. It don't matter. Rings, baby. Yeah. Yeah, we got or that ring, national uh, championship. You won a ring. You won a ring. That's all right. You won, you won a few SEC rings. Okay. Um, I just want to say props to uh, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, and the American Conference conferences for not bitching out like the MAC did. Look, um, I think football is huge here in the South. Like, we don't got much, but we got football. And when that rolls around, I don't even think the SEC thought about it twice. They they were going to play the whole time. Mm-hmm. They didn't second guess it. They didn't second guess it. He said, what? Y'all don't want to play football? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the SEC and the ACC, they're always going to play. It doesn't matter. So don't don't just hold that for the SEC. The ACC never wavered either. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The the Sun Sun Belt Conference USA American these these uh, conferences all have Southern teams. The ACC they all have Southern teams and and you know a couple mm-hmm. sprinkles up, up you know near the Mason Dixon line. But mm-hmm. okay, mostly. who here who here played NCAA like 14 and purposely played with a really shitty team just so they can have an opportunity to win a national championship? A part oh, yeah. of me wishes. 
like the, those SMU. kind of teams. Yeah, those kind. I, I was South Alabama. I wish those kind of teams would now actually have a shot at winning a national title. Now that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are out of it, I want to have those. You know, typically shitty teams have an opportunity. It's like putting them in the NCAA basketball tournament. You're going to have your shitty teams that might get an upset here or there. We should try and do something like that for those teams now that we're going to be missing two of our Power Fives. Let's include two other non-Power Five conferences and let them have a shot at it. Or I like – there's only three non-Power Five conferences playing, right? The group of five, yeah. The group of five. So yeah, let them do their own fourteen playoff, and the winner of that playoff gets a, a playoff. It gets into the college football playoff. Yeah, they like get that. their own bid. Well, that's, yeah, that's traditionally how it works, right? Is the best team of that group of five gets the automatic bid to the bowl game? In the oh, oh, to, yeah, a bowl, yeah, yeah. to a bowl game, yeah, well, right? The New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. If if they if they're ranked high enough, we're saying yeah. maybe getting a chance at the playoff playoffs. Well, I think know? that I think that's this is the opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm telling you, if you get a UCF or somebody who goes undefeated, I think that if there's no uh, – like, if, if it's like it was a couple of years ago when Alabama and Georgia played in the playoff, I don't think they have a shot because they're going to put that second obvious team in there at number four. But if you got no second – like you're saying, if there's a bunch of uh, – um, if there's a bunch of losses in the SEC because the schedule's so grueling – Clemson's undefeated. No one else in the ACC is close. Oklahoma or Texas, whoever's uh, undefeated. No one in the Big 12 is close. You got that UCF team that's in there, 10-0 or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I think oh, it's yeah, a realistic right. possibility. Again, if there's going to be a group of five team that goes undefeated, why wouldn't you give them a shot? Just give them a shot. Like, have them get the opportunity. If they lose, then that proves that maybe that team wasn't meant to compete with the powerhouses like Georgia – Alabama, Clemson, and then, you know what? That could settle the argument fair and square, but give those smaller teams an opportunity to compete this year since other teams like Ohio State and Oregon can't play. And you know what? If they get a win in the first round of the playoffs, they will tie the Pac-12 for playoff wins for the entire conference. So Yes. Well, wait, wait. <laughs> Damn. Oregon, if they win one, one, if they win one, like, Oregon, Oregon win one. Oregon won yeah. one. Okay. Oh, man. Which yeah, is, Oregon won one. <laughs> we know I remember that because uh, Rudy, uh, we don't like have to talk Robert, about it. Robert, you, we, uh, talk we were in Indianapolis when that game was played. We were up uh, at a conference in Indianapolis when that game was played. When Which one? Oregon, Oregon beat FSU. They beat Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had, like, that weird fumble where he, like, threw it backwards. I was – I was uh, – yeah, I that, that game – I yeah, remember that just from that. like four times. That was a crazy game. It was. I mean, that that FSU team, that 2014 team, just wasn't quite the 2013 team. You know, no, like, they were. They were too cocky. That was they were cocky. part of the reason they why we're here now. They had the new uniforms. That's what it was. They had the new was, uniforms. Those, hey, they honor the Seminole Indian tribe, but we got we put the white numbers back on. All right. We're yeah, the white, number, white numbers are better. But uh, also, I think I think uh, Jameis Winston sat out one game that season, right? It was a Clemson yeah, that game. was when he yelled "fucker" right in the pussy on the, in the union. Um, he can't Jameis Winston. And Sean McGuire beat Clemson. Oh my God, we got the ball back. That was that yeah. game. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my God, I was watching that. I think I can't remember if I was watching it on TV at or if I was at the game. I can't remember if I went to that game or not. I've been bad. to so many I heard, games. 
I heard that was one of the games where Jimbo was starting to lose control of the team because Jameis showed up in uniform, like out there for workouts. And he like well, with Jameis was like, what the fuck are you doing? But I heard like later on, that was like one of the examples of Jimbo starting to lose control of the team. Oh, it absolutely was. And it was a spiral from there because then he started letting on anybody with an attitude issue thinking he can control them. But also it was like a shit show handled by FSU's um, administration. And that was part of the – again, that was part of the reason Jimbo hate, didn't like FSU is because he hated the administration. And the administration originally suspended Jameis for the first half and then literally like the day before the game, the night before the game, they are like, no, he's suspended for the whole game. So you're talking mm-hmm. about a whole week of practice where you're, you're – you're game planning for a half of Sean McGuire, and then you got to play with him for the full game, and he still pulled out the win. But yeah, it was it was an interesting time that 2014 season. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, I just miss the whole Jameis antics, the stealing the crab legs, the fucker riding the. Pussy, he had a deal everything. with the public guy. It was the public guy who was stealing the crab legs, it, not Jameis. Well, isn't that like improper <laughs> benefits then? They would have definitely been proper that's, that's, that's why they went with stealing, Davis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's either NCAA – it's funny how, like, if, if it were a deal he had with Publix, they would rather just go with theft, and that's less of a punishment. It's less – way less. They did community service, and he doesn't get suspended. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you rather have? Wow, and that's <laughs> that's how fucked up the NCAA can be. Yeah, the NCAA yeah. just – Just say he stole it. I don't know. He only missed three baseball games. That's all he missed, too. <laughs> well, he was a pitcher, too, though. He, hey, he like, was the best closer. He's going to miss three games anyway. I don't know, Monsters. guys. I, I'm curious to see how Jameis does now that he can actually see and he's not blind as fuck. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, I've been driving like this? <laughs> yeah, I went to 25 to Obviously, get LASIK. Honestly, I'm blind as fuck, too, so I understand. Well... You know, he got that LASIK surgery. It's 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 a life changer. So we'll see about that. Okay, um, that's all I have on on my <clears throat> list of things that I have. So I know there was a couple um, more things we wanted to talk about. Uh, Davis and Joey, I, you'll, you'll I, both had something. I know. I wanted to just quickly bring up Jacob Copeland and the fact that it, it did come out today that he did a report to practice. He was one of the few guys who did not show up to the first practice of the season, which Dan Mullen said, I'm not really surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if guys want to opt out. Um, But for me, my thoughts on Jacob Copeland are, you know, he's a local guy. He's from Pensacola, went to Scambia. When he declared to go to Florida, his mom walked off stage, famously walked off stage. That became national news. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of all came together that – it, it, I'm not just putting it on his mom, of course, but the drama began there. His mom walks off stage, and then he's unhappy at Florida, reports are surfacing that he's unhappy at Florida. And then he starts to get some playing time, and then he has an opportunity to be a number one, number two receiver at Florida this year, and then he doesn't show up for the first practice, which, I mean, if you're really going to stick by the whole I don't want to put my health at risk thing that I'm not I can't necessarily hate you too much for that although I really wish you'd play because you get an opportunity but then also on like a personal level I go on your Instagram and you're over here fanning out hundred dollar bills I mean 
dude, you have $15 in your pocket, I'm sure, because you're a college student at Florida right now. Why don't you get to the NFL first and then fan out $100 fucking dollars, okay? In the meantime, just play football if that's what you really want to do. Don't go yanking at my heartstrings as a fan, okay? I want to see you play. I want to support you, but you're making it difficult. I'd like to see what his train of thought is there because I follow him on Twitter too, because he's a local guy. And, you know, for the longest time uh, when he was redshirting, he was always like, it's almost my time. And he was really visibly, you could see it through his social media. He was struggling with the fact that he wasn't getting playing time. And then last year he made uh, some huge plays against South Carolina, against Tennessee, you know, and, and he's getting this playing time. And like you said, he could be number two, number one receiver this year. He's jacked. He's yoked. And then, and now he choose, chooses to sit out with two other players. I think Kadarius Tony and Zachary Carter. Zachary Carter uh, showed up to practice as well. So um, I don't. I don't think it's been confirmed if KT has not been at practice or not. But I think he was one of the other ones that are saying he's going to opt out, and that's unfortunate too. Because as much as I think KT has a chance at going pro, I think he needs a little bit more tape. What I don't what would want to talk about in the situation, like a little bit broader spectrum than just Florida, is the idea of players opting out and opting back in. Like, I didn't think that was going to be a possibility because when you opt out, you're no longer around the team. You're no longer going through all the um, what, what do you call it? Guidelines, COVID yeah. guidelines. Yeah, that's you're not you working out a big them. point. And then you're going to come back in. Like you're saying, he, he did, uh, how many days has Florida been practicing? I, I don't know what they have. Uh, they've, been, they've been practicing for like three weeks now, haven't they? Yeah. yeah so did he, pads on, yeah. did he decide two weeks ago and then quarantine for two weeks before he rejoined the team? Like how did that happen? And what happened? He was at when, practice left and then came back to fall camp. See, I don't, I don't see how you do that with everything that's going on right now. I mean, maybe he, he took a bunch of tests and he, they all came back negative. You never know. Um, but then what happens later on the season, say if somebody opts out and, and like somebody at Alabama opts out, like, oh, shit, we might win a national championship. I want to opt back in. Like, I, what happens there when a team uh, – you know, I don't know. And it's an interesting conversation to talk about, but mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't really know until it happens. I'm surprised that they even let someone do it because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Mike Morvell at FSU, he said that he doesn't see a way that could happen. So maybe it's early enough in the season where they could. The players are in a tough position because I understand protesting and wanting to stand up for your rights to get paid because it's a huge thing and wanting to stand up for your rights for safety. But at the same time, if your team has a chance to win a national championship, you have to do some long hard thinking and say, you know, is my protest worth it this year? Because I could get a national championship and then make my money in the pros. I, I don't know. That's, that's up to the individual player. I, I, do hope most players don't opt out and still stick with their social media, you know, pushing, pushing their rights through social media and, and other, other ways than opting out. Because unfortunately college football has a large demand, like positions at D1 universities, and they will be filled. Like they just will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if y'all want to talk about the Warren Thompson thing at FSU. I know y'all said you didn't know much about it. Well, yeah, yeah, I I go ahead and fill us in. Yeah, I'll explain to you what happened. So basically, DJ Matthews at FSU tested positive, which ended up being a false positive. But uh, a bunch of players had to be quarantined because FSU's policy is to do contract tracing. Anyone you had close contact with, um, you have to you – know, they all get quarantined. And, again, they figured out it was a false positive, so all the players are back with the team. 
Warren Thompson is a guy who's with FSU, and he has five career receptions at FSU, and he he's had multiple issues um, with the team. And he comes out and posts this long thing about how FSU is not following policy and they're lying to the players and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, pretty much turns out that it was a lot of bullshit. And um, Mike Norvell was not happy with it, and he had a long conversation with the guy. And he called him out a little bit. He was like, when, last year when I showed up, you weren't even with the team, and I let you back on the team, and they're going to come out and call me a liar when I'm not a liar. Mm. And uh, basically, Warren Thompson issues an apology, but it's a, a bigger picture of, like, all, what's going on with these college kids and, these, and, and corona and everything going on. Because FSU is one of the schools, they're not reporting numbers. And they're, they're not reporting when a player tests positive. The only reason people know that DJ Matthews tested positive is that he came out and t- put it on Twitter that he tested positive. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big thing with transparency and what's right and wrong and all that. But um, and it's also the second issue FSU players have had since in the last four months with going out and putting something on Twitter without talking to the coaches. It's part of the fucking problem with why our program sucks the last three years. It's got yeah. a bunch of players with an attitude, but – yeah, man, the Mike Norvell era so far without even playing a football game has been a rocky to say the least. Mm-hmm. For me, it's I'm curious what the relationship is with his players because uh, you've had Marco Wilson who's supposed to be uh, Marcus. Marcus Mar- is it Marcus or Mark? Uh, okay. It's Marcus. I think it's the second time you messed up his name, but <laughs> I, 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 I'm Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Marcus, okay. Hey, first, he's a projected first round draft pick. You know, he's essentially the best player you guys have as of right now but he so far i'm curious what the relationship is overall with his players now he has defended himself and the players have seemed to have unified behind him i hope i'm just worried that that's going to have a long run effect yeah i think it's more to say about the type of players we've had at fsu recently just because i mean look at you have players that the guy will go get catch a touchdown. They'll knock him down the end zone, and then they'll start celebrating that they knocked him down the end zone. I think it's more of an attitude problem. Willie Taggart was known to recruit players with attitude problems that other schools didn't really like. Because the thing with Marcus Wilson, he's not an attitude guy at all. And he, everything that happened with that ended up being to the benefit of FSU, to the community in Tallahassee. And Mike Norvell has taken players – very recently they went on like a little retreat with the with the, the entire team and all the players came out and said how great happy they were being around Mike Norvell and it's just this one kid another kid who DJ Matthews attitude problem with FSU Warren Thompson attitude problem with FSU and they were two of the guys and the one that concerned me was Tamarian Terry had an attitude or had a problem with this too but he was one of the guys who was contact traced and quarantined mm. but they're all back with the team now they're all practicing Warren Thompson issued an apology so and by the way, it's Marvin Wilson. I just Googled it. Oh, did Mar- I say? Mar- did yeah. I say? Mar- Marco Wilson plays for the Gators. Go Gators. Yeah, Marco Wilson. Marvin Wilson. Yeah. Our star Marvin. cornerback, hopefully. Damn right. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else. I think we I think we went over everything pretty well this week. Um, I'm looking forward to it. First college football game in a week, Davis. You said South yeah, Alabama? Yeah, it's at a September 3rd. Oh, yeah, it's baby. Thursday. <laughs> Thursday night in Mobile. Mm-hmm. I, nice. It, are there going to be tailgaters? We're going to see, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've said no. I know Mississippi. That's another thing. Mississippi, this is just my quick take. Mississippi saying that they're not going to allow tailgates at their football games. Good fucking luck. 
Not going to happen. Oh, oh. Hell, FSU said they're allowing tailgaters. So. Well, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I Because, like, you can't go in the stadium. You're going to be outside the stadium. You know, oh, we're going in, too. Oh, Mississippi, so. Mississippi is allowing some fans. They're saying they're allowing, like, 20% capacity. And that's good. I mean, it's good to just see. Like, you got you to gotta have these different policies. I mean, maybe a school won't let people in, and uh, we'll be able to see statistics, uh, you know, who all went to games and maybe got coronavirus? Who are they going to games and not getting coronavirus? You know, are they able to keep it safe? So uh, it'll be good. I'm going to uh, be interested as the betting guy. Um, where there's certain teams like FSU's playing Duke at Duke. Duke's not allowing fans. What would like? Does that affect the lines? Because uh, FSU's allowing fans at their stadium while it's not going to be packed in with eighty something thousand people. Mm-hmm. Is that going to affect things? So I don't know. Be interested to watch. I'm curious to see, like, how, how do they decide who gets tickets to these games? Well, they allowed them. They, they gave us, because we're season ticket holders, they offered right. us three-game packs. So, right. Hey, boys, let you know my laptop's dying on me. So, All right, well, we'll end up uh, pulling it anyway. Davis, I like your shirt. Pensacola's first before St. Augustine. You can catch us on Higher Frequency Podcast Network everywhere, uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all that. Donate to our Patreon uh we'll get some money so we can get some cameras and some merch and stuff that'd be nice right you want a college football extravaganza uh koozie that'd be cool right that'd be kind of dope that'd be kind of dope <laughs> all right until next time we'll hit you up ak should be joining us more often uh hopefully the big 10 gets their shit together maybe you can uh do some do some uh wisconsin news some wisconsin news <laughs> you heard it. All right. All right. Later, boys. We're out of here. Deuces. These people don't give shit. We're giving them the business. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go, Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back.